Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. You know, in times of crisis, you can identify the world by the rising fear, but in times of crisis, we ought to identify the church by rising faith. Amen. And where fear wants to rise and become greater and overcome you, there's a great opportunity to put your faith into practice. Put your faith uh, in God and faith in his word. And uh, crisis and trial, they have a funny way of revealing what we truly trust in and rely on. I said that times of crisis have a funny way of revealing what we trust in and what we rely on. And um, so these are opportunities I want you to know without bringing too much weight and urgency because I know we've had plenty of that all week long. But understanding the times and understanding that there are moments like this that happen um, that can come upon the world as uh, moments of uh, judgment, moments where God is uh, really just following through with what his word says. And I'm not going to get too deep into that, into eschatological uh, uh, you know, meanings of the word of God and meanings of the times, but these are called signs of the times, okay? But he told us that trials and tribulations would come, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But in that, there is also a drawing in the line, or drawing a line in the sand, rather, for the church. And these are opportunities. And I'm not talking about who's in this building and who's not. I'm not talking about that at all. You, your church, your, your faith in God is way more evident than if you're in this building today or not. Uh, what I am saying is that uh, these times and these opportunities have a way of drawing a line in the sand. Who is serious about the things of God? or who's playing games, or who is just giving lip service, but who is uh, really taken to heart, living for God, and what that means to be his church, his people, his nation. And this is our opportunity to be called out. This is our opportunity to rally together. This is our opportunity to rise. And so we want to uh, just be reminded of that. There is hope. Uh, pestilence, disease, this is nothing new. Uh, read throughout the word of God, especially in the Old Testament, plagues and pestilence, these things came to nations. Um, but there's a remnant and there's a people that has the blood shed over their doorpost that the angel will have to pass over. It cannot touch you. It cannot come nigh you. And you have to keep your faith fixated in the word of God. I'm telling you, for every media outlet you watch, you better times it times two with the word of God. That's just a little thing I've put in my life. If I'm going to listen to five minutes of a, of a snippet from Fox News, then I'm going to listen to 10 minutes of the word of God. Amen? And you got to double up. You got to double up. And I'm finding out that maybe I ought to be, you know, everybody's asking me, are you going to live stream? Are you going to do this? Apparently, I need to be on Fox News and CNN because people digest that stuff and just swallow it and like, that must be truth. I'm going to get an outlet on Fox News and they'll just, they'll take me out my word all of a sudden. I mean, my goodness, it's amazing. We listen to the media and we're 
We're unstocking shelves with toilet paper, but I tell you, by his stripes, you're healed. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Come on now. If you can take them for their word, you can take me at my word because I'm only in coming in agreement and repeating what his word already says. Amen. Amen. The word confess literally means to create a binding pact or agreement. So when I'm confessing the word, I'm actually confessing, I am agreeing with what he said already. So if I can take it a step further, it's not enough for you just to digest it and get it in your heart and get it in your mind. It ought to come out of your mouth. It ought to show up in your posts. I mean, if you're going to be on the thing, then you might as well post some word, post some scripture, post what God's saying, post some hope to the hopeless and post some peace to the fearful and post some, 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 some healing to the sick. Amen. And so these are times where we need to rise up. Go with me if you go to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5. I have a message for you today entitled Carriers. Carriers. We're all hopped up on who's carrying what, aren't we? All of a sudden, we are so aware of what I'm possibly carrying and what I might not be carrying. That's why some of you are sitting where you're at, because you're not sure what someone might be carrying. Don't look around. Some of y'all wanted to carry in that six-foot stick around, make sure no one gets within my six-foot circle. Man, I went to Walgreens. I don't know if they've done it here. I was in Walgreens in Moultrie, Georgia, and down on the ground they had blue tape every six feet so you can always be aware of where I'm at in relation to someone else. Great idea. Great idea. Social distancing. I just hope that with all the isolation we're doing physically that we're doing some isolation spiritually. Some of our souls need to go into quarantine. Some of our minds need to be insulated and isolated from the toxic uh, germs that are out in the spirit realm and in the mental realm. And uh, what I'm afraid has happened is we have shut the front door, but we've opened the back door. So we are insulating our bodies physically. But I'm telling you, if you were in fear before you washed your hands, you'll be in fear after you wash your hands. Because there is no natural precaution you can take against fear. It's only in the heart. It's only in the heart. And so I want to help get our hearts in a position today. I come with the mandate to get our hearts in position today. And for those that will be listening at a point later on, get your heart in a position to ward off not just what might be floating around in the natural, but what we know is floating around in the spirit. You know, there's a, you know, whatever, one in five chance or whatever it is that someone may be, carrying this thing physically, but I can tell you right now that there are all types of things that we carry emotionally, uh, uh, spiritually, mentally. And the question I have for you today is if you were to carry something, I actually posted this on Facebook, just curious what responses I might get. Um, If you were to be a carrier of something, what would you want to infect others with? If you were to be a carrier, if you were to have something that could be caught by someone else and could impact someone else, what would that be? Would it be fear? Are you infecting others with fear? Are you influencing others by the lack of peace in your life? 
Are you influencing others by the lack of joy in your life? Or do you have something that is so uh, positively impactful that when people get around you, they can't help but catch it? And I want to show you here, 1 John chapter 5, let me start here, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Do I have any born of God people in the house of God today? And that word world is not talking about our physical world like the earth. Not talking about overcoming the world, earth. That world is, is actually translated cosmos. Cosmos. And that's actually talking about the systems of the world. The systems of the world. And we know that at the fall of man, there was a new system introduced into our world. A, sin of, a system of sin. A system of rebellion. Along with that came guilt and condemnation. Along with that came sick, uh, sickness and disease. These are all parts of the system of the world. Lack in poverty is part of this cosmos or part of this system of the world. And so he's telling us whatever is born of God overcomes those systems, overcomes lack, overcomes poverty, overcomes sickness and disease, overcomes fear, overcomes guilt and condemnation. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you become born of God, you are born into a new system, a new cosmos, so to speak, that overcomes the sinful, separated cosmos from God. And so we have to recognize that we are born of God. So we overcome the world. And it says this, and this is the victory that we have that overcomes the world. This is the victory. Our faith. Our faith. It's our faith that overcomes the systems of this world. And I've got two ways to live. I can live bound by the system of the world and stuck in its system and stuck in the way it operates and, and, and stuck in lack and poverty. And, and, and look, when you are bound by a worldly system, then you must rely on a worldly system to get you out of it. There's no greater way to be bound to something than it's the only solution for you. And we recognize in our world even today, I mean, just this week, how reliant and dependent upon worldly systems we've become. It's amazing the natural measures and the, 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 the natural precautions that we'll take, the exhausting natural precautions we'll take. Spending money, stocking up, driving out, overthinking, overreacting, over-responding. There's so many ways that the worldly system, it, it keeps you bound in its system by keeping you reliant upon its system, dependent upon it. But he says, no, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And this is not just talking about my faith uh, or, or uh, you know, what I believe about God. This is talking about faith, my trust and dependence in God. How do I overcome the world? How do I uh, live beyond the worldly systems? 
that want to bind me and keep me stuck, I have to live with a full trust and full reliance in God. And this is one thing I have put into my life, and, and, and we're going to see this exemplified here in Mark chapter 5 in just a minute. But I'm very aware of the responses and the recommendations and even the advisements that are given naturally. But here's one thing I've tried my best this week to remain so aware of that I do not want to take natural precautions at the expense of my inward faith. I do not want to take natural precautions at the expense of my inward faith. Meaning, and we've done this, we, we, we do this in our lives, that I can line everything out so well naturally that I don't even require faith in God anymore. That I don't even require living by faith. Because living by faith naturally will look irrational at times. Living by faith naturally will go against the grain and go against the tide and will go against recommendations and advisements. Go, rising and stepping out in faith means I'm not gonna bow down when I'm commanded to bow down when the music plays. Even at the expense of being thrown into a furnace. It means that I'm going to continue praying even though the law of the land states you should not pray to any other God but the king. But Daniel did that. Irrational. Objective. Oppose, uh, uh, you know, opposing. So we've got to recognize what faith in God really looks like. Because if we're not careful, we'll take natural precautions and we'll call it faith. We'll take natural steps and we'll call it, I'm just believing in God. But a belief and a stance in God, that's the only thing that overcomes the world. When we take natural measures, and I'm not getting into the faith and wisdom conversation. I'm not getting into that conversation. I'm talking about what true faith and reliance and dependence. That the Bible says that Jesus is going to return one day and he's going to look around and he's going to search and say, will the son of man find faith in the earth? Not Christians, not believers, not the church. He's saying, will I find faith in the earth? So here in Mark chapter 5, There's a, uh, I believe, a very profound and a very relevant story given in Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 25. It's our faith that overcomes the world. You have to remember that. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Probably shouldn't be sharing a verse with you about touching other people's clothes, but that's the one the Lord led me to. Faith is irrational, isn't it? Immediately, hey, at least I didn't give you the verse, greet one another with a holy kiss. I left that one off. I was going to start there with my text. I was going to preach to you about the boy that sneezed seven times. And uh, I left those out today. Save that for another time. Not so touchy. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Listen to what he responds with. Daughter, your faith has made you well. It's interesting he didn't say my power has made you well. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This woman had a, uh, what was called an issue of blood or a flow of blood And interestingly about this condition, although the condition wasn't contagious itself, if we go back to Leviticus 15, and I'm not going to take you there, you could just jot it down. Leviticus chapter 15 records, I think around verse 25 or so, uh, records that In the Old Testament, and this is still Old Covenant because Jesus has not gone to the cross yet and the New Covenant has not been established at this time, that she is to adhere to a religious uh, ceremonious law that states that a woman that has a flow of blood is considered unclean and contaminated and therefore is to refrain from from social activity and refrain from being uh, in public, being in public environments, uh, just like this scenario where Jesus is thronged by many people, many people are following him in this scenario. She is not supposed to be out in this situation. And it even goes on further to say that anyone that touches her or anything that she touches is considered unclean. It goes on to say that uh, the bedding that she lays on uh, is considered unclean and it tells you how to wash it. And it tells you even after uh, seven days after she has been cured, she's still considered unclean, even seven days after. And then it gives instructions that uh, a woman with this issue of blood uh, must present herself clean to the priests and must present you know, turtle doves and sacrifices and so on and so forth. So not only does she have a physical ailment, a physical condition, a health condition, 
a serious medical condition that after 12 years and after uh, all the time spent with doctors and all the money spent with doctors hasn't even found a, a solution to this condition. She's only grown worse. So she also has a financial condition, a health condition, and she even, probably even worse, has a religious condition, has a belief condition. And so this woman is being uh, 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 tormented in various ways, multiple ways, is this woman having to acknowledge the, the, the ailment within her body, the symptoms that are occurring, not just physically, but financially. Have you noticed one of the greatest side effects of all this is going on is fear? It doesn't even have anything to do with our physical condition. But I'll tell you right now, your mental condition can have impact on your physical condition. And I would be much more afraid of what fear can do to my body than what some virus can do to my body. Period. That's why the Bible says to take charge over your thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. I will not allow fear to settle in my mind. If I allow settle, if I allow fear to settle in my mind, I've already lost. It doesn't matter if they ever find a vaccine for it. It doesn't matter if they ever find a solution. It doesn't matter what they discover uh, as a uh, recourse to resolving this issue. If there is no recourse they can give you for fear. There's no medicine you can take for fear. But the word of God can cure it. The word of God can fix it. And so this woman, although she doesn't carry something that uh, uh, is physically contagious, she's considered contaminated and therefore has become a carrier of contamination to others. Before you carry something, you must catch something. Before you carry something, you have to first catch it, right? You ever heard the term, I caught a cold, you catch a cold. I heard someone the other day and they were talking in a leadership type uh, circle and they were saying, they were talking about healthy organizations and unhealthy organizations. And they were talking about why it's so important to have healthy organizations and you have to be more intentional about having a healthy organization than you do an unhealthy organization because unhealthiness can become toxic and can become infectious and contaminate what's around it. And he said this statement, he said, typically you don't hear about people catching healing or catching health, like a sick person getting around a whole person. I'm just talking naturally now. I know where all my super spiritual minds are going right now. I'll get there in a minute, but I'm just talking physically speaking. You don't get a sick person next to a whole person and they catch, but it can happen the other way around. A whole person can get around a sick person and catch. So you, before you can carry something, you have to catch it. So you catch it, you carry it, and then you contaminate. It's three things, three steps. First, you catch it, then you carry it, then you contaminate. Then you spread it. So three steps. And I know we're all super hyper aware right now of 
physically what I catch and physically what I carry and physically what I contaminate. But here's the question. What if you're carrying something else besides something just physical that can be seen or maybe found or tested? What if we're carrying what if we caught from some, you ever been happy, everything's great, get around a depressed person, and then you walk away like, man, I, life is horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, things were going good until I started talking to you. Yeah? 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 All they got to do is walk in the room and you see their perplexed, downtrodden faces. It's like, oh, I tell you, in moments like this, you got to be careful who you're around. Social distancing, right? Yeah. But there's some social distancing I want to do. Regardless of what you're carrying. You might not be carrying a virus, but you're carrying fear all over you. And I don't want to catch that. Come on. I wasn't anxious until I started talking to you and now I'm all concerned like the world's gonna end. You don't wanna be that person. People get around you and like, well, I was doing better before I started talking to you. you know, anybody wanna be that person? No. Then don't catch it. You can't carry it if you don't catch it. And then from there, when you're carrying, the next step is you contaminate. But there are people that have stuff that I do want to catch. There are some people, I, I, I had a, a, a good friend of mine respond uh, when I made that, that post earlier this week asking about carriers and if you could carry something. And, and uh, I had a, a friend of mine, we actually, my wife and I taught her and her sister in children's ministry years ago. And now she's in college doing amazing things and uh, just an awesome young woman of God. And so she responded. She had this long post. She texted me and, and I was like, well, you know, you're supposed to put it in the comments, you know, put, you know, make it public. Let's share this thing. That's some good stuff. I mean, it was good stuff. What she said that she wanted to be a carrier, but then she made this statement. She said, there's only three people I know in the earth that are like that. And I want to make sure I'm around them as much as possible. And she listed the three people and I knew the three people and I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. Why? Because I want to catch some of that. She was talking about, um, she said, I want to be a carrier of whatever the opposite of complacency is. And I said, well, passion? She's like, yeah, that, that'd be a word. I don't think she could really put a word on it of, of what she was trying to process and think. But she says, it's just living life with a sense of urgency. It's, a living, it's living life with passion and excitement and living life wanting to take this and take that. And, and there's not enough time in the day to do as much as God's called me to do and just, and just live in that way. And she listed three people that she knows that live that way. And she said, I just want to be around them as much as possible. I said, that's because they're carrying it and you want to you catch it. You want to be contaminated with that. Because that'll rub off on some people. I said, that'll rub off on some people. And so there's all kinds of things that we can carry. But it's interesting to me here, if she's carrying this disease, and she's carrying this contamination, but in verse, uh, verse 
27, something interesting happens right here. It says, and when she heard, everyone say heard. When she heard. Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17 tells me what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Right then, she caught something. She caught something. So a woman that was carrying disease and carrying uncleanliness and carrying toxicity and contamination, even religious contamination, now caught something else. She just caught some faith by way of hearing it. I love the fact that I can catch faith by hearing. You've heard us say this before, but where you give your focus is where you build your faith. Where you give your focus is where you build your faith. Where I give my focus. See, this is why we've got to be careful what we're ingesting and digesting and feeding upon and and listening to. And I'll tell you right now, in times like this, you want to be all the more aware and all the more careful of what you're hearing. Because regardless of whether you realize it or not, or whether you're aware of it or not, you're building faith, just probably in the wrong thing. That's, that's why I, I look at people that worry and people that you know are hyper uh, worried and hyper concerned and anxious, and I just look at them with such, uh, just such. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I look at them and I say, "Man, if you could just switch that, because you're actually really good at faith and you don't even know it. Because that's all that worry is: is faith in the wrong outcome." So if you can put your faith in the wrong outcome, if you switch that thing around, you can put your faith in the right outcome. I mean, come on, since we're drawing up conclusions and since we're already making assumptions and since we're already thinking about how this thing's gonna pan out and how many people are gonna lose their jobs and what the economy is gonna do and how healthcare is gonna... Our faith in the Lord of Lords. Remember, he's well draw up some conclusions that line up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Remember, he's on the throne. Since you're already in the faith realm, just put your faith into something else. When she heard about Jesus, so much so that it says, following that, when she heard about Jesus, she came. Everyone said came. So she heard, everyone say heard. She came. She heard and she came. Verse 14, now she's heard and what comes when I hear? Faith, faith comes when I hear. 
Now I'm building some faith. She was putting her faith and her trust and her reliance and her dependence in doctors and the worldly systems that were letting her down. But now she's about to find out that she can overcome cosmos, overcome worldly systems, overcome sickness and disease, overcome being bound by medications, overcome being in financial lack, overcome being in fear of what people might say and do, overcome even the religious system and structures of the land at that time. She can overcome that. And James chapter two says, what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? So she hears, you've got to declare. This is why you've got to declare what God's doing in your life because you might help someone else when she, just by hearing it, when she heard, when she heard, when she heard, faith rose up. And now her faith moved her to come. Let me follow in line. James chapter two. If someone says he has faith but does not have works, what does it profit? Look down at verse 26, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So faith without works is dead. That word dead means incomplete. It means incomplete. Faith without works is incomplete, meaning we've only got an element of faith. We don't have all of faith. And he says, incomplete faith will profit you little, profit you nothing. Oh, I have faith. Yeah, I have faith in God. Yeah, I have faith. I have faith in this. I have, wait, what good would it be to say that you have faith that ibuprofen can help relieve you of a headache, but yet you don't take the ibuprofen? So what's missing? Corresponding action. So she hears. She catches faith by way of hearing. Now she's carrying faith, but how does she contaminate? Now she has to put into action what has been put in her heart. You have to put into action what has been put into heart, into your heart. Now, this doesn't work the other way around because I know that we all want to analyze and look at and, and reduce people's levels of faith by their actions. And I can tell you right now, faith is visible. I'm reminded of Jesus uh, when he was ministering in a house and four guys brought a lame friend of theirs, took him up to the roof because they couldn't get in the house, tore open the roof, dropped him down. And it says in that passage, when Jesus saw their faith. Is your faith visible? Can your faith be seen? What's he saying? Does your faith have corresponding action associated with what you say you believe? Does your faith have corresponding actions associated with what you say you believe? So she hears about Jesus. 
Faith rises up within her. Well, if this man can heal the sick, cure the lame, blind eyes are opening, demons are being cast. Well, what is she hearing about Jesus? She's hearing about the anointed one that went about doing good and healing all kinds of sickness and disease, just like Acts 10 verse 38 tells us. That's what she's hearing about Jesus. So now she's heard, faith rises up, and going back to Mark chapter five, it says that she's attaching action. She came behind him in the crowd and touched. Everyone say touched. So she heard, everyone say heard. She came, everyone say came. She touched. She came, she heard, she came, she touched. Now she's walking out and working out the faith that has now been placed in her heart that she caught. She caught it, she's carrying it, and now she's putting it into action. And she's doing, and again, her faith is causing her to challenging her to do something that according to religious law, she's not supposed to do. It's irrational. It's irrational with a woman of, of, of her uh, condition to even be in public, to even be in the midst of a crowd. You with me? To be in the midst of a throng of people such as this. But she reaches out and she said this to herself. I know if I can only touch the hem of his garment. There's another passage where Jesus addresses a, 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 a person that needs healing from sickness. And he says, be it unto you according to your faith. According to your faith. There's no template. Look at how many times Jesus healed blind people, but used a different method every time. One time he spit in the ground and rubbed mud in, in a guy's eyes. Another time blind Bartimaeus threw off his cloak and came to him and he said, well, what do you want me to do for you? He said, well, I want to be healed of my blindness. Duh. You're the one that can see and you can't figure that out. Multiple different healings be it unto you. There was one time a Roman centurion came to Jesus with his servant back home on his deathbed. And Jesus said, I'll come lay hands on him. He says, no, 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 you don't gotta do that. Just speak the word only and I know he'll be healed. Be it unto you according to your faith. Well, where's your faith? What can you believe for? For some people, that means I'm believing God that I'm gonna go through this procedure and I'm gonna come out with no complications. The doctors are gonna be able to find the problem. They're gonna be able to solve the solution. For some, it might be God's gonna touch my body instantly and it's gonna be healed. For others, I, God's gonna touch me and I know over time, by the, net, by the time I get to the doctor's office next week, I will be made whole. Be it unto you according to your faith according to your faith, according to your faith. And so we go on. It says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And all up to this point, we haven't even gotten Jesus's attention yet. She 
caught faith by way of hearing about Jesus. But Jesus doesn't even know this woman, naturally speaking, doesn't even know this woman exists. Doesn't even know. Didn't show up here today thinking there's going to be a woman and she's going to come up and she's going to touch my garment. She's going to touch just my clothes. First time this type of miracle has been recorded. She said to herself, this is what I'm going to do. And immediately she's healed of her affliction. Verse 30. And Jesus, now Jesus comes into play. Says immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Now this is a key. Because Jesus is a carrier too. Jesus was a carrier of power. Jesus was a carrier of the healing power that this woman needed to receive relief from her sickness. Look, she had gone through every natural solution possible, even spent money, went to doctors. No one could help her, was exhausted and drunk. She had lost everything at this point, trying to find relief. It has such a dangerous place to be. So exhausted and so drained and, and, and lacking resources within to find a solution that you're always reliant on some type of external solution, but ultimately the external solutions aren't good enough. Ultimately the external solutions can't solve the issue. And when you get to that point, you're so desperate that you'll do anything to be healed even if it means putting yourself in an irrational position, even putting yourself in a place. Look, there are people right now that they are taking irrational, natural precautions. If you got 18 rolls of toilet paper in your house right now, we're gonna have a bring your toilet paper to church day and we're gonna give to the needy. We're gonna start collecting Rolls of toilet paper and the good stuff. I don't want none of that thin gas station stuff. I want the good stuff. He knows. He's crying. He's saying, I want the good stuff. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, I want the good stuff. Give me the Charmin, the angel soft. The... I want to be Charmin clean. Right? But it's amazing the natural measures people will go to to try to find. The reason people do that is because they're trying to find some kind of solvents out of all this. They're trying to find some kind of resolution. Well, if it may not keep me from, I saw a joke the other day where a guy was sitting down with a doctor and the doctor said, you've tested positive for, uh, you know, coronavirus. And the response is, it's not possible. I've got 300 rolls of toilet paper. I bought them. Like that's going to keep you from getting the virus. It's incredible. No, it doesn't work like that. So she's gone through. She's taking all the natural measures. Now she's found an irrational natural measure. She's found a measure that said, this one's gonna have to work. Faith rises up in her. She hears, she comes, she touches, and she's healed. 
But notice that in making that contact, her contamination didn't go to Jesus. His power went to her. Now she caught his power. How? By her faith. Jesus responds and says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. He didn't say my power has made you whole. My presence, oh Lord, I just want your presence. You better come into his presence with some faith. He could have all the power in the world, but unless you connect to his power by faith, there is a power outlet sitting right here in this box. Plenty of power, plenty of currency, and I could have this iPad dying, but unless I have a way to connect this to the power, I can't draw on it. You don't draw on the power of God with doubt. You don't draw on the power of God with fear. You don't draw on the power of God with anxiety. You've got to have the right. There is nothing like having something on the verge of dying, having your phone on the verge of dying and not having the right cable, the right attachment. Why? Because the power is there. The death is here. And I need the right connection to draw the power from one source into another. And Jesus is saying, you brought the right adapter. You came ready to connect to my power and you connected to my power by your faith. And now it's drawing the power out of my body into your body. And immediately the fountain of blood was dried up and she was made whole. And she got her miracle. She caught her healing. But there's something else that I want you to see here. See, the thing is, is when I become more aware of what I am catching, I can be more aware of what I'm carrying. Are you seeing this? When I'm more aware of what I'm catching, now I'm gonna become more aware of what I'm carrying. She was aware that she was carrying contamination. She was aware that she was carrying disease and uncleanness. And she knew the law stated this could be uh, uh, contaminating others. And so there's certain measures, certain precautions you need to take. You need to isolate. You need to insulate. But... Jesus is about to clue her into something that she didn't even know she was carrying. Jesus states, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, if you remember, this woman came to Jesus with fear and trembling. This woman was planning on getting a, a, a heal and run. Touch and run getting one of those drive-by healings. Let me, let me touch his cloak and I'm out of here. 
I don't want anybody to even know I got my healing. I don't want them to know I was in the midst. I don't want them to know that I was healed. I don't want them to know that, that Jesus did this. I just want to get one of those drive-by miracles. Just let me just be in the area, touch his garment. I don't need attention. I don't need anybody to know. I don't need Jesus to call me out. I don't need to be one of his followers or one of his disciples. But Jesus said, nah, we ain't doing that. And he felt the power go out of him. His disciples asked him, are you serious? Everybody's touching. No, 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 who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody drew power. Somebody touched me with the intent to get something. That's faith. So Jesus states to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. She realizes, I was a carrier of contamination, but I was also carrying faith. And then he says, go in peace. Now she's become a carrier of peace. Now she's become a carrier of faith and a carrier of peace. Why wouldn't Jesus just let her get off with her drive-by? Why wouldn't Jesus just let her heal and run? and get her miracle and go. I mean, she got her miracle, right? That's enough, right? I mean, she got healed, right? That, I mean, that's a great story. We're all reading about it. Even though she might've never come out, at least we might've known the story later on. No, there's a reason. The reason is because this is actually a story in a story. Mark chapter five, verse 21. If we back up a little, it says, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. So actually the woman with the issue of blood was a disruption to another miracle. She actually is supposed to be getting in line, not cutting in line. Uh, you're gonna have to back up. We're on the way to get my daughter healed. We'll get you in a second. You've, you've been waiting 12 years. You'll be good. What's, what's, a, what's another afternoon gonna hurt you? No, Jesus stops in the middle of being on the way to heal someone else's immediate pressing need. Why would he stop? I mean, she got her miracle. We don't even have to tell anybody. Or do we? It said that when she heard about Jesus, could it be that this miracle needed to be told so Jairus could hear and see? Because Jairus is struggling with some faith. Jairus is struggling with believing and he needs to catch 
some faith. Because it goes on to say, after Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 35 says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? The solution that you've chosen, it's not even gonna work anymore. It's not good enough. The measures that you have chosen to bring healing for your daughter, don't even bother. But look what Jesus says. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, watch, do not be afraid, only believe. See, it wasn't just the fact that she was carrying contamination that could be caught. It was her faith that could be caught. And so Jesus had to bring attention to her faith because somebody else needed to draw on that faith. Somebody else needed to see that miracle. Somebody else needed to know what just happened. And Jesus said, this is it. This is exactly what I need. If Jairus can know what just happened, I I know and she knows. But if Jairus could know, if Jairus could see what just happened with this woman, if Jairus could know that this woman came in her own faith and touched uh, my garment out of her own faith because she thought and she said to herself, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. If Jairus could see this, then he will believe and his daughter will be healed. Because Jesus knew there's reports that are coming that are going to be contrary to what we know we can have. He brought Jesus and said, if you lay hands on her, she will live. But the report came that she has now died. That's a different level of faith. Jesus, I believe that if we got there in time, you could heal her. But now that she's died, it's too late. There's nothing we can do. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Do not be afraid. You see this miracle? You see what this woman just did? You see what just happened with her? And it wasn't my power that healed her. It was her faith connected to my power. So don't be afraid. Only don't disconnect. The power's right here. But if you can believe, if you can stay connected, stay charged up, let this faith contaminate your faith. She caught it. She carried it. Now she's spreading it. Now Jairus is catching it. Now he's carrying it. And because of her, because of his faith, his daughter lives. Worship team, if you'd come. We're carriers. We're carriers. We're carriers. You're carrying something. You're carrying something that someone needs. In a time like this, in crisis like this, this is not a time for us to shut up and shut in. This is a time for our voice to be heard. Let me tell you about my God that parted seas. Let me tell you about my God that removes mountains. Let me tell you about my God that healed my body. Let me tell you about my God that cured my cancer. Let me tell you about my God that brought my son out of sin and brought him back home to live for him once. Let me tell you about my God that restored my marriage. Let me tell you about my God, because your faith can be caught. I don't know about you, but I want someone to catch what I have. 
And when my faith is deficient and when my faith is depleted, I need to get around some people and I need to catch what they have. I need to catch what they have. If people caught what you have, would they be strengthened or weakened? Would it be life or death? Would they be encouraged or discouraged? You've got something. You carry something. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.